listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My new book, Profit First for Therapists, is available at most online retailers. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, or ebook as well. Go check it out. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today is part one of a two-part series where we are talking about why you should think of your intake coordinator as a salesperson. And this conversation comes from a discussion that uh, my team at Green Oak Accounting has been having internally on uh, around conversions and converting callers to actual appointments, because that is something that a lot of practice owners have been struggling with over the last couple of months. So we've been thinking about how can we reimagine this role altogether in a way that serves practices and serves clients. I think of this as a win-win. Uh, so joining me today is the one and only Sarah Riley, who is our business development manager at Green Oak Accounting. So she talks to all potential incoming clients. If you ever have scheduled one of our free consultations, you have probably talked to Sarah because uh, she has been on the team for many, many years now. And she is the one who gives you the um, the no pressure pitch of here's what we do. Here's the services that we offer. Um you know, and where you have the discussion on if it's a good fit or not. So I thought you would be a really great person to have this conversation because really her role is business development, but she is, this is a sales role um, for us internally. So hi, Sarah, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for having me. And thank you for exposing me for what I'm really doing, (laughs) uh, which is, you know, providing somewhat of a sales service for your firm. I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, and you know, just just in the way that we we think of sales sometimes as this dirty thing, right? Like exactly, so salesy. <laughs> Use car salesman, like grimy, yes. icky. Even as I was describing your role. I did feel a little bit like, oh, well, I don't want to use the word sales because that has this icky connotation. Right. But what you do, Sarah, in that sales roles is anything but icky. You are really just seeing is there is there a good fit? You're you're seeing if we can create a relationship that is in service to both the practice owner and to us. Are we able to find uh, someone who is an ideal client for us, but someone who we're really going to be able to make a big difference in their practice as well. Uh, and you're often in a situation where you say, you know what, actually you shouldn't hire us where maybe you need to hire a biller first, or you really yeah. need to talk to an attorney, right? How often does that happen in your situation? More often than you would, you know, probably ever guess. Um, a, a lot of these calls that I host are you know, a couple of ducks need to get in a row maybe prior to bringing in or outsourcing the accounting piece to your business. And you hit the nail on the head, medical billing, if you need a lawyer, right? Those are all crinkles, if you will, that need to be more or less ironed out prior to engaging in our services. So I am trying to uh, not persuade you <laughs> in our direction, knowing that it's it's not doing you um, any service or good. 
Yeah. And so if we translate that to an intake coordinator, right, what the what the intake coordinator does is it takes uh, the needs of a potential new client, right? Someone is calling, they have a problem, and they're kind of going through their roster of, is this something that we can help them with? Are we the right practice to help them? If someone is calling with um, OCD and that's not something that you do, it would be a disservice to try to just jam that in and make it work. But generally speaking, they're looking for the same thing. Like, is it a good match? Can we help you? Can we make a difference in your world? So tell me how you're thinking of an intake coordinator as a salesperson. Someone who is going to seize the opportunity of having an interested uh, uh, client. If somebody calls your practice, they need your help or they need some kind of support, in which case um, someone who is maybe less sales oriented or less um, you know, money motivated, right? Because money is also often tied to a sales position, which we'll talk about. Um, but someone who's a little more eager to close this um, this deal, for lack of better words, uh, putting in uh, extra time to make a, an appointment scheduled when somebody calls uh, versus realizing maybe things are going to be problematic in one area or another. And so, um, you know, maybe a, a sale is lost because of that or an appointment isn't made because of that. Um, so it's all about exploring all of the avenues available to you and making sure that um, if the fit is right, that Every opportunity is is explored to um, to to gain that. Yeah, and here we are. Um, I feel like we're trying to change the industry in a way uh, by proposing this. Right, this is something that I think one or two of our clients are trying out for the very first time. This is very very new, but we're we're seeing this as a real opportunity in in the mental health space because historically that intake coordinator position has been more of an administrative one, right, where we're hiring someone with maybe a receptionist type background, administrative background, maybe some kind of potentially billing as well. Um, but it's typically a low, a pretty low paid position and not necessarily one that's treated with a lot of importance. But I think as we move into this time where um, just referrals are not coming in quite as fast as they were in 2020 to 2022, uh, and the conversions are shifting. That's why we're seeing the importance here of someone who is sales-minded is just going to think of some things a little bit differently. For example, you know, one of the complaints I heard recently from one of our clients is our intake coordinator, they, if someone is saying, hey, I'm looking for an appointment on Thursdays at 4 p.m., their response might be, sorry, we don't have that available. Where I think someone who is sales minded, if I if I if you had that same email, Sarah, in your inbox, I know your response would be more along the lines of, "We don't have that, but here is what we do have. Do you yeah. have a few moments to explore the other options available?" Yeah. Or you might say, "We don't have that clinician available, but we have this one." And I mean, just think of all the times that that specific conversation or a similar conversation happens within a practice. If we're just able to change that conversion rate slightly, it makes a gigantic impact on Huge. a practice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is especially important uh, now when we're starting to realize that the dust is beginning to settle from the past couple of years where the industry changed greatly because of mm -hmm. telehealth, because of the pandemic, 
um, you know, and everything in between. So any opportunity that a practice owner has to fill caseloads and um, see more sessions, I think needs to be opportunities seized. What are some of the other ways that you think a practice can benefit of that sales mindset? I mean, I, again, exploring every opportunity or every avenue when it comes to um, certain things. And and I also, again, think that sales-minded individuals are extremely motivated. It's something that I don't think can necessarily be taught. Mm-hmm. I always joke with my family that, you know, um, <laughs> my my parents had, you know, Four daughters and two of them are sales-minded individuals and two of them are not. And that's kind of the the running joke in the family. I am very sales-minded and that, now again, not in any icky ways, but in that I'm um, a very motivated individual. I'm very eager to help. I'm very eager to see solutions created. And so I think that that's also um, a desirable trait for any practice owner to have in this intake coordinator position as well. Yeah. And when I think of someone who's sales minded, I'm thinking of like a pharmaceutical rep, just how persistent they are, right? They will go camp out in your waiting room, waiting to see uh, the prescriber if you have one. Like they are just, they're going to get it done. They're right. very motivated, um, persistent people to. And we're, so sorry, Julie, we're doing this for those who want to be helped in that way, right? Because again, there is so much. Um, uh, polluted air around this concept of sales where we don't want to imply anybody should be pushy, uh, but persistence is something entirely different. And I think that that's what you're really referring to in your example here. Yes. I'm referring to someone saying, you know what, just because I didn't hear back, that's not the final answer. I didn't hear back from someone who uh, said they wanted to schedule, but didn't. I'm going to follow up with them in a way that is ethically uh, available to me. You know, someone who's got that sales mindset is going to be willing to do that. Whereas what I'm consistently hearing, again, from uh, group practice owners is that their intake team is not doing that. They are not following Mm -hmm. up. They're responding what what they consider to be not fast enough. Uh, They're not trying to get it. They're not hungry to actually close the deal. They're processing the things, right? Almost turning the crank, right? Like I have to deal with this inquiry that's coming in. I will deal with it. But the goal is to deal with it, not to schedule an appointment. And I think that mindset shift is one that can be really beneficial. Exactly. And this idea of yours, I think is so revolutionary in that you can't really necessarily teach sales, but you can teach all the rest of this stuff. Yeah. Right. You can teach compliance. You can teach teach operations. You know, there's so many other um, items on the table that are learnable. Um, but this uh, this hunger is something yeah. that I think is, is, you know, the real revolutionary piece to all of this. Yeah. And I would say that's probably because the sales, I, I've used this word sales mindset a couple of times, but it really is a mindset more than a skill set that you can learn. Um, it's, it's hard to, to take someone who doesn't want to be that person and turn them into that person. That's a really, really difficult thing to do. But as you said, you can teach HIPAA compliance. You can teach how a therapy practice operates. Like all of those things are teachable. You can teach uh, specialties of various uh, clinicians on the team, right? Like all of that is something that you're you're probably going to have to teach 
a, a new intake coordinator anyways, mm-hmm. but you're just teaching someone with a different uh, skill set. Right. So, okay. We've, we've talked about a little bit of the benefits. Um, I'm sure there's some listeners who are thinking, all right, I, I'm, I'm kind of buying, but what am I going to go try to find a used sale, used car salesperson here? Like right. who can I actually uh, put in my therapy practice that isn't going to offend my clients or be pushy beyond belief? So what kind of sales positions do you think could be a good crossover? Yeah. I'm thinking ones that um, maybe have a longer uh, shelf life, right? So insurance sales, those aren't necessarily immediate, right? Where you sign the dotted line and what's done is done. These are things that usually research over time. um, And so the... um, uh, time spent with those potential clients is much greater than that of if you're selling, I don't know, retail items or something along those lines. Uh, that being said, I, I do think that retail is another good area just because retail is a um, an opportunity to, uh, again, kind of uh, explore other options. Maybe we don't have um, one specific color or one specific fit, but let's look at those other options type thing. Um, so that's just kind of where my mind goes, uh, not necessarily to uh, a used car lot, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think pharmaceutical sales could be good, computer sales, like anything that's uh, um, less tangible tends to, like, yeah. could be a good opportunity um, as well. I think non traditional can be a really great way to think about it, where maybe someone had to be on their feet previously and to just be able to work in the office and not go out all the time, that could be a really great uh, advantage, the stability, something like that, right? Right. Yeah, definitely something that um, takes a little bit of an investment. So we can't talk to all sales positions ever, everywhere, but generally speaking, how are most salespeople compensated? Um, So there's several different um, styles of compensation in sales, the same that there are several different styles in behavioral and mental health. But normally, compensation is based on some form of commission. And that way, the sales associate has a little bit of freedom and or ability to make their own paycheck. That's something that any sales individual has heard once or twice before. You know, you're in charge of your own paycheck type thing. So any commission structure, um, I find, would be most motivating, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what we are proposing here, or what what we have suggested for the the few clients that are trying this out, is a base plus commission here, where there's a baseline, um, especially as someone is ramping up, that they could be okay. But then there is a, a financial incentive for them to actually get a client scheduled, correct? Yeah. I think uh, the base plus commission um, uh, pay style or pay structure is um, the most attractive to anyone in sales because while it's fun to have that control over your own paycheck, it's also terrifying, as all of our listeners know, because they're very much in charge of their own paychecks right. um, as well. Um, so having that small cushion, which is normally minimum wage or in the ballpark yeah. of you know um, bottom tier um, cost, um, 
you know, that's, that's again, what I think is most favored and what is most attractive to somebody like myself. And I think the base also helps, um, folks know they have kind of a fallback, right? Even if they have a bad week, they can still put food on the table, pay for bare necessities, but this is not the week where they're, you know, living large and, and going out to a nice steak dinner. That's not, that's not the week, but there, there is a, a backup plan. Right. Um, so some structures that we've also seen so far that I have seen is a, a, a base that is more than minimum wage, um, but then with a commission above a certain number of converted calls per week. Sure. So I think so that like could work as well, right? So if you get beyond X number of calls per week, right, and X depends on what's normal in the practice. For example, if you usually um, schedule 15 new appointments per week, then it could be X per appointment over 15. You know we can we can get to 15. We mm-hmm. do every week. Exactly. So maybe it's a bigger bonus for those extra five, right? If they get to 20, sure. they get a, a good chunk for booking those appointments. And really, when we're looking at these positions, they can end up costing a little bit more than just a traditional intake coordinator. I do, I do think that would be the case. But you are offsetting that with a lot more revenue coming into the business. So that is that is the offset there where you're taking the things that are already coming in, the calls that are already coming in, you're just converting them at a higher rate that costs you no advertising dollars. That doesn't cost you really any effort. You're doing exactly the same work, but just generating more revenue from it. That's really beneficial. Yeah, hands down. Something, you know, I think... 10 out of every 10 of our listeners would want to participate in. Um, Seriously, I want to participate in that right now. (laughs) I want to do that. Okay. What would you say, Sarah, to a a listener who maybe has ethical concerns, doesn't want their, their practice or their team to feel sleazy? What would you say to that? I mean, it's definitely um, something to to toggle with. Um, But I think that if you find the right person you'll realize why this is such uh, a brilliant idea. Um, You'll see higher caseloads, right? Which in turn means uh, you're less likely to fall subject to or be victim of uh, payroll really beat me down often. Um, And so there's really nothing but um, positive things to come of, of giving this idea a shot. And I would also add to that, when a client is calling you because they're in need, to get them scheduled with someone who can help them is in service to the client. So to not follow up with them is not in service to them. Uh, To not offer them options is, is a lot less in service of them than actually getting them to a place where they can get the help that they need. We all know it's hard sometimes for someone to get to that point where they're willing to even pick up the phone and call, right? So we know just from how long we've worked with clients on this, if someone has to leave a message and get a call back, that reduce, that, that adds the friction of getting scheduled. Um, if they have to send an email and wait five days to get back, that adds to the friction. So anything we can do to make it easier for someone to actually get the help they need, I see as, um, I, or I challenge our listeners to think of, uh, having a salesperson in that intake coordinator role is in service to your client and your community mm-hmm. because they are, you are allowing them to get the help that they need by having the right person to facilitate that transaction. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking literally the entire time we were having this discussion is your clients want help. They need you. They need this help. Um, so you're not at all doing anyone a disservice by making sure all of those options are being explored and making sure that if there is uh, an opportunity to assist the, the individual that's looking for assistance, uh, that that opportunity is being taken. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. I loved this conversation. I uh, loved having you on the podcast. Yes, thank and you. I'm really looking forward to part two of this conversation. Next week, I get to chat with Nikki Ramirez from HR Answers about the human resources side of um, thinking of your intake coordinator as a salesperson. So I'm excited to look at it from just a different angle and keep having this conversation. So stay tuned for next week's episode as well. Yeah, I'm so excited to listen to all that you and Nikki talk about. Uh, and Julie, I wanted to thank you and I want to thank our listeners for having me. This was so much fun and I'm so glad I got to participate in this conversation today. Um, so happy scheduling, everybody. Happy scheduling. I, I hope to see Sarah. some of you. Yeah, thanks, yes. Julie. Yeah, I guess we should, pl we should plug that too. If you are interested in our services and you do want to talk to Sarah, uh, just go to greenoakaccounting.com. You can schedule a free consultation. You'll get to chat with her. You can even bring this episode up. I know that uh, is always a fun thing to Ugh. hear when someone has heard your podcast episode, yes. right? If you're eager to see what shade of, uh, of blush uh, I turn or what shade <laughs> of red I turn, then go ahead and bring that up. But uh, on a serious good. note, I hope to, hope, to, to hope to have some of you schedule with me. Sounds good. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Julie. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.